Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards, and I'm welcoming you to this incredible message I've got for you today. Listen, this is just going to help you beyond belief. It's going to help you, friends. I hope you're sharing these messages with your friends. You know, today I'm asking the question, are you waiting on God or is God waiting on you? Now, I'm just going to tell you, so many people think that they are waiting on God. Well, you know something? You're going to discover some biblical truth today that's going to help you realize why we call this the finished work of Jesus. You know, since it's the finished work of Jesus, we're never waiting on God. God's always waiting on us. And you don't beat yourself up with that. You don't condemn yourself. You don't put yourself down. But you discover that you can make godly, biblically-based decisions. And you don't have to get a witness. You don't have to hear from God. And it's going to be phenomenal. Listen, I'll be back in just a few minutes to launch into this. And be sure and go to www.impactministries.com and enjoy these resources. This is usually the part where I give you the opportunity to download a free message. But this month, I am going to let you download an entire complete free series, one of my very best series on goal setting. It's called Power Tools for Goal Setting. I'll tell you, this is the stuff I teach people in workshops and charge a lot of money for it in businesses so people can learn how to live their dreams. The special offer that I'm going to have for you this month, Choose Life, is a great series, and you're going to need this information, but this series on goal setting Really, you just need it. You just need to have it along with this information. So I don't want you spending that much money. I just want to give it to you. And the only way you can get this is to download my free mobile app and to say yes to the push notifications. Or if you already have my mobile app, go in and check yes to the push notifications so that we can be sure and get this to you. This is going to help you live your dreams. All right, we're asking the question, are you waiting on God or is God waiting on you? Now remember, a choice is a decision. When you make the choice, and we've talked about the fact that the Bible tells us that we have to choose life. Well, a choice, that is a decision. And so we have to make these choices. And unfortunately, too often, we think that God's the one that needs to make the choices. But hold on, I'm going to show you what the Bible says about that. See, today you're going to discover that you're not waiting on God, that in fact, He is waiting on you. And He's not just waiting on you. He's waiting on you with great anticipation to do something wonderful in your life. See, your current quality of life is directly related to the quality of your past decisions. And I got news for you. Your future is just going to be a reflection of the decisions you're making now. Now, daily decisions may, more than anything else, reflect what's really in our heart because decisions are made in direct proportion to our self-worth, our identity, and our belief in the promises of God and ultimately in what we believe the character and the nature of God is. Now, since we're free will beings, created the likeness and the image of God, who have authority over our own lives, we can rarely 
have a quality of life any greater than our willingness to choose that life in every situation. Now, I want you to understand something. Even when we make decisions, or even when somebody else makes decisions that blesses our life, let's say somebody leaves you some money, or you win the lottery, or somebody gives out of the blue just likes you and gives you a job. The truth is, if that was not a decision that was made out of the quality of your life and out of your belief in who you are in Jesus and who God is, if you didn't make the decision, it's very rare that you'll be able to hold on to those benefits for very long. You'll lose them because they exceed your sense of self. They exceed what you believe you're worthy to receive. They exceed what you believe about God. Therefore, you'll just run through them and, and lose them or, or sabotage it or destroy it because it's bigger than the scope of your personal beliefs. Now listen, we hope for good outcomes from our decisions about our jobs, our relationships, our health, and, and then too often we suffer disappointments. And really, many times our failure to choose the outcome God promised, which is by default, a failure to choose life means that the situation is going to go the way of the world. And remember, in the world, there's the law of entropy in the world. Listen, in this world, in this natural world, all things tend toward destruction and chaos. And so when we don't make decisions for life, then in that arena, it's going to tend toward decay and chaos. Now, because of past disappointments, we're sometimes afraid to make a decision for a great outcome. But more than anything else, most people just don't know it is our choice, our right, our responsibility to choose life, to choose an outcome that's based on the promises of God. Listen, as a disciple of the Lord Jesus, I have a responsibility to choose what he has offered, and what he's freely given through his death, burial, and resurrection. So I need to choose an outcome based on the person and the promises of God. Now, you got to remember this. Making godly decisions moves us into this realm that the Bible calls the kingdom of God with all of its resources and benefits. Failure to make decisions creates this default to the world system. So kingdom living requires personal daily decisions to have the outcome that God promised. Now, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people think this stuff is all supposed to work automatically. If these promises are really mine, then why are they happening? Well, I got news for you. You're created in the likeness and the image of God. And if you look at what Jesus taught in the parables of the kingdom, you understand that you have the responsibility to make your own choices. One of the most consistent themes of all of the parables is that we are responsible. I'm not saying we are to blame. I'm saying we we're responsible. We always have to make choices based on the promises of God, based on the Word of God. Now, there are many scriptures that where we twist the meaning and we apply to God things that should be applied to us. It's just amazing. And here's one of the most common places. The phrase, thy will be done. Man, I tell you what, that just sounds like somebody that's just, I'm open to God. God, whatever you want, you're my Lord, my God, I'm your servant. Your will be done. Well, you know what I found? I found that we do usually have some good motives in that, but usually twisted up in that phrase is some really pious-sounding, but actually very corrupt beliefs, especially for the new covenant believer. See, what do you mean when you say, is this the will of God? What do you mean? Well, first of all, 
most people, when they talk about the will of God, they kind of have this concept of the willingness of God. Now, the willingness of God, if you're trying to figure out what God is willing to do, then what this really means is you are ignorant of what he has given you. I'm sorry. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm saying you're ignorant. You don't have, you know, ignorance is when you don't have the knowledge of something. You haven't learned it for yourself. You haven't studied it. You don't know. See, if you don't know what the will of God is, then you have no capacity to make a decision. You have no capacity to operate faith. You're walking blind and ignorant, and anything can happen in your life. And what most people do is they try to determine if something is the will of God based on circumstances. Well, you know what? The Bible tells us that people who observe the circumstances are these lying vanities forsake the goodness of God. We abandon the goodness of God because we're being led by circumstances. I'll tell you something. I never, 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 never use circumstances to determine what the will of God is for me. Now, this whole concept of trying to figure out what the willingness of God is this all came out of Greek fatalism. See, in Greek fatalism, we have a whole religious system that was established by the Nephilim. Uh, they were called demagogues in the Greek system. And this concept of fatalism just says basically that the gods are in control and they're going to do anything they want to and it doesn't matter what we choose. You know, what will be, will be. And our science and our medical system in America is based on this. It's called determinism. In other words, it's as if it doesn't matter what you eat, doesn't matter if you take care of yourself, doesn't matter if you exercise, just whatever your cells say, whatever your DNA says, that's what's going to happen in your life. And you have no recourse and you can't do anything beyond that. Well, I got news for you. When the Bible talks about the will of God in the New Testament, as much as anything, it is talking about the last will and testament of the Lord Jesus. If someone died, and this is in the book of Hebrews, this is the whole concept of the book of Hebrews. Jesus comes, he dies, and he has a will, and he leaves a will. It's his last will and testament. Now, because he's raised from the dead, he oversees that will. He administers that will. When the Bible talks about him, you know, him being the one that stands before God on our behalf, it's not because he, God is against us and he's arguing for us. He is the one standing there saying, this is the will. This is what I have left to them. And what I have left to them is my own inheritance. What I have left to them is all of the promises of God. Now, I got news for you. If you had a rich uncle die and they were going to be reading the will this Friday, I guarantee you, you'd drive all the way across the country and you'd sit there and you'd take notes because you'd want to know exactly what the provisions of the will are. What does the will promise you? And once you knew what the will promised you, you would make decisions and you would take a stand and you would pursue that with all of your might. But we don't do that with God because religion has corrupted our ability to relate to the will and testament of the Lord Jesus, which is the New Testament or the New Covenant. And I'll tell you something, before this program's over, you're going to understand more about how to do this. I'll be back in just a few minutes. Don't go away. We're getting to the best part. Our offer for this month is the supernatural power of making decisions. And it is an incredible, incredible offer that's going to help you make a journey into a whole new quality of life. But I want to give you for free a 
power tool for goal setting package that's going to help you. It's going to work with this series that we have. And the way you get that for free is to download my mobile app and turn on the push notifications. Or if you already have my mobile app, turn on the push notifications and we're going to send this out to you. It's going to change your world. All right, today you're going to connect to something that's just going to so be a quantum shift in your life. I'm telling you, you're going to love this. You see, Jesus is walking down the road one day, and this is over in Mark 10, 51. And he comes up to a guy and he says, what wilt thou that I should do for you? That's what the King James would say. Now I'm just, you know, that word wilt, when I was a new believer, every time I would read that word, I would imagine a flower wilting and I would think, what? <laughs> what is that word in there for? Well, that's what religion does for you. It wilts you. It sucks the life out of you. It sucks the God life out of you, and you just wilt and die from the lack of intimacy with God. So Jesus said, what wilt thou, or what would you have me do for you? That's a pretty interesting question. What would you have me do for you? You know, most of us pray, even as believers who are supposed to understand the new covenant, we're praying like, God, would you be willing to do this for me? Is this your will? Would you do this for me? Will you heal me? Will you help me? Will you deliver me? Will you bless my finances? Will you, will you, will you, will you? Well, in this case, Jesus walks up and said, what do you want me to do for you? The new King James says, but basically in all of the translations as well in the original language, it says, what do you want me to do for you? And so, of course, the blind man says, well, I want to receive my sight. And verse 52 says, well, then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight. Now, I want you to understand, there's an intimate link here between making a decision about what you want and your faith coming out. You know, the Bible in the Greek language uses this term about faith where it kind of is talking about faith being activated. And it's not that we don't you know, trust God or know God, but there's this thing where we engage ourselves through intention and through making absolute decisions where our faith becomes activated. You know, the King James, it says, what wilt thou? And, but from the theological dictionary in the New Testament, it says this. It says, what do you choose? Or what do you prefer? Or what do you propose? Or are you ready? Or what do you want to resolve? What do you desire? What do you wish? What do you prefer? And of course, it also has in that concept what are you going to refuse? So really, this man was there blind, and Jesus came and said, what are you willing to allow me to do for you? Because see, when we're not willing to allow God to do something, then we are refusing. So this means we are making a decision. Now, the phenomenal thing about this, you know, there's, there's the story about the disciples and they're, man, they're out on the lake in the boat and it looks like the boat is going to sink. And the Bible says the most unique thing, it says Jesus came walking to them and would have passed them by. Man, that troubled me for years and years and years and years. And, you know, we don't want to be these people who, when we don't understand a scripture or when it doesn't fit into our understanding of the new code, we just throw it away because all of God's Word is congruent. All of God's Word flows, and if we'll stay open, eventually, you know, we'll get some understanding about these verses that trouble us. Well, you know, that verse, by the way, is in Mark 6, 48. So, you know, they're straining, rowing against the wind. About the fourth uh, watch of the night, he comes walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And, of course, they saw him walking on the sea, and they thought it was a ghost, but finally they cried out. Now, one of the great paradoxes of what we have in Jesus, of the finished work in Jesus, 
It's like we're in the boat with our problems. We've got our struggle, our financial problems, our health problems, or whatever. Now, I know that Jesus is always present. He never leaves us. You know, it always amazes me when I'm in a church and the worship leader gets up and starts a service and says, we invite your presence here today. Now, I know what he means, and I'm not trying to be overly critical, but, you know, they should be getting up and acknowledging, we acknowledge that your presence is here with us and in us. Because the moment you kind of start using this concept of we invite you, your presence here today, you know, that kind of starts getting you thinking along those lines, well, he's not here unless I invite him or he's not here unless I do something. You know, he's always here. I understand that. So I have to understand, Jesus is always here through the person of the Holy Spirit to initiate or institute any aspect of the new covenant because it belongs to us but it is not automatic. He will not violate our free will and make us receive something that we are not willing to receive. And so they started calling on him, so basically they made a decision. So even though he's always present to heal, he's always present to give peace, he's always present to manifest grace, he's always present to do these things, in a certain metaphoric sense, he could still pass us by. In other words, Nothing may happen. And then in the end, we're going to blame God. And the reason we're going to blame God is because we're going to try and make Him responsible for the things that the Bible says we're responsible to do. You know, the Bible says we're responsible to bind and loose. The Bible says we're responsible to establish our heart. The Bible says we're responsible to believe. Now, some people would say, well, that's just dead works. No, that's not dead works. That's just the way the heart works. And it works that way by virtue of the fact that we are created in the likeness and the image of God. So in every situation, I not only want to make a decision, but I want to make that decision based on the promises of God. And all the promises of God are ours through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And when I am willing to make that decision and I'm basing it on the finished work of Jesus, then I suddenly activate the whole faith process. And, you know, one of the things about the whole faith process, you know, think about that scripture, you know, where uh, the guy's child needed deliverance or healing, and uh, Jesus asked him, said, do you believe? He said, I do believe, but help my unbelief. You know, sometimes there are situations that just so overwhelm our senses that we look at them and we just think, man, alive, this is so big or so challenging. I don't know if I have the faith for this. Well, you know, that's the wrong internal statement to make, and that's, that's the wrong highway to go down when you're facing something. You know, that person that said, I believe, but help my unbelief, he realized that to some degree he believed. And in most situations, we have some degree of belief, but like we talked about, I think it was last week, if our heart isn't fully persuaded, then the symptoms in our physical body or the stack of bills laying on the table or, you know, all the things that are going wrong in the economy or all the things that are going wrong in work, and we start observing those things, then we're gathering evidence that says this is reality and eventually, that will be the reality that we choose. And you say, well, I would never choose these bad things. Well, the moment you 
accept those things or identify those things to be truth, you have chosen that version of life as your reality. You say, well, what other reality is there? There's this reality that exists in this realm that the Bible calls the kingdom of God. And in that realm are all of the resources of God. In that realm is all that God has promised us. And we enter that realm through our heart. And in that realm, then we participate in what God has freely given us in the Lord Jesus. You know, one of the things in working with people and even dealing with my own problems, you have to realize this about yourself. If you have had a problem long enough, then that problem can become a part of your identity. As a matter of fact, some of you have heard me talk about this before. When you have any kind of a problem, financial problem, you know, it's a problem outside of you, physical problem, emotional problem, whatever, anything that you don't deal with, part of your survival mechanism as a human being, and really to some degree part of your authority as a human being, if you don't choose to send away an offense, and an offense is really anything that makes you stumble, then Jesus says you've got two choices. You can either send it away or you can hold on to it. And that's in John 20. And those are the only two choices. There is no in-between. There is no maybe. You either send it away or you hold on to it. So if you hold on to it, then at some point it is no longer a conscious thought. And once it's no longer a conscious thought, we think, man, I've grown up, I've matured, I'm dealing with this, it's not bothering me anymore. No, this just means that now this has reached some subconscious level of your being, which means it's probably a cellular memory and it's well on its way to becoming a belief. When it becomes a belief, it's established in your heart. Now the problem is, whatever this is that we have, let's say that you injure your ankle. And so, you know, before long, you stop playing sports. See, now you're beginning to organize your life around this injured ankle because you haven't done anything about it. Well, in time, you so organize your life that this kind of defines some aspect of your identity. Well, once something becomes a part of your identity, you resist letting go of it because then you wouldn't be who you are. And even though you want to get rid of this, on a deep level, that's like dying to self. Giving up anything that establishes my identity today is a form of dying to self. And then, of course, there's always the aspect of secondary gain. This gets me something. You know, people carry my groceries for me because I've got this problem. Uh, if I'm riding a bus or a train or having to wait somewhere, people give me a seat because they see that I've got that. You know, whatever benefit it is. And so you will resist letting go of it. But letting go always starts with the decision. I choose life in this situation. And therefore, I am willing to let God take me through whatever process He needs to take me through to let go of this thing. Now, I teach you all kinds of things about put off, put on. And, you know, you can check out my website, especially our heart physics program. We've got all kinds of things that will help you do this. And, of course, this series, if you get this full series, you're going to learn some things and have some tools that we just absolutely don't have time to put forth in this program. You know, this program is eight weeks of free training. And I promise you, you're getting enough here that you can put this into practice. But if you need more help, we've got more help for you. Listen, I'll be back with a mentoring moment. Just a few minutes. Don't go away. I want to help you solve this stuff. Don't forget, I've got a free offer for you this month, Power Tools for Goal Setting. I'm telling you, it's one of the best teaching series I've ever done on goal setting. But the way you get this is to download my mobile app and say yes to the push notifications. That's the only way you can get it because it's going to come to you 
through a push notification. Also, if you already have my mobile app, be sure and go back and make sure you have turned on the push notifications. I got a lot of things I'm gonna be sending you to help you fulfill your goals, but you gotta have the app to get it. This year, we're advancing our Operation 1 Billion. In other words, we are really stepping it up so that we can reach 1 billion people for the Lord Jesus with the gospel of the kingdom. Now, Jesus said that before he can return, the gospel of the kingdom has to be preached to the ends of the earth. Not just the gospel of conversion, not just talking about Jesus, not just talking about getting saved, but the gospel of the kingdom. That's where Jesus is Lord. That's where we enter into this realm called the kingdom of God. That's where we usher in the return of the Lord Jesus to establish his kingdom here on earth. I am so excited about what we're going to do this year. Listen, if you've got my most mobile app, you're going to be getting testimonies that will tell you about what's happening around the world as we're training people in Operation 1 Billion. Or if you sign up for our blog or sign up for all of our notifications online, you can get this. I want to keep informed. I want you to see what's happening. I want you praying for and giving for the very best things in the world to happen for us. You know, one of the most important things that you can do, and sometimes you have to do this at different times. You have to surrender every assumption or presumption that you have about God and who He is. If you do not surrender your views of God, because your whole life you got all these ideas about God, and most people bring that into their Christianity, that's the starting place of getting to where you can follow God and make incredible decisions is give up all of your presumptions. In other words, you've got to learn what the Bible says, and you've got to apply it in light of what God is saying to you at this very minute. And more than anything else, you've got to establish yourself in the new covenant. And it's a covenant of peace. That means there's peace between you and God. That means that you have an inheritance and your inheritance is all of the promises of God. You're in Jesus. So you've got to establish this and you've got to establish your new identity. You know, don't try to jump out there and solve all of your problems until you've built a foundation that can sustain the victories you're going to get. So many people grasp some truths, but because their life is not built on the new covenant, their identity is not built on being in Jesus, accepted of God and loved of God. So then, even though they have these little momentary breakthroughs here and there, it always collapses because you cannot build a skyscraper on a mud puddle. You've got to have a foundation, and that foundation has got to be the new covenant. By the way, you can go to our website, and for free, you can take an incredible course called the Foundations of Faith that will help you in this. So, Really, you're becoming a disciple. You're saying, I want to know God. I want to know him through the Lord Jesus. I want to know the new covenant. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else does. And then based on that, and you can start making decisions before you get all that, but I'm telling you, you better get that because otherwise a lot of your decisions won't last. But based on that, in every situation, choose the promise of God. In every situation, send away anything that contradicts it. Believe it or not, it's as simple as that. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. 
Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.